Well, welcome to Church Project, and, and we're glad that you're here. Um, if you're a first-time guest, yes, we're always this weird. Um, we, we are a church, a gathering of people. I mean, we love Jesus. We love the mission of Jesus in this world, and, and we want to live that out together. But we're also a project. We're, we just, we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally meant. And when we look at the New Testament church and how they did it, we really love a few things that they do. I mean, they gather together in the temple courts. Welcome to the temple court. A little lighter on July 1st, but it's, it's cute. Like, we're having fun. Um, and, then, and then they met in house churches throughout their community. And, and in those house churches, they met needs everywhere that we went. And these are, this is what we do at Church Project. So um, hopefully uh, you're able to experience all those things while you're here and as you're part of this body. Um, if you have a version Bible app, you can open that up. Our notes are on there. And so just search for our event. Um, and it's a, free, it's a free Bible app. If you don't uh, have a Bible app, it's great. And just search for Church Project. Our notes are on there. And I would say normally uh, download those notes so you can use them during house church, except here's the deal. There's no house churches for the month of July, so uh, yeah, we're not going to do that. You, you can just contact your house church group and say, are we meeting and doing barbecues and all that stuff, but we're, we're taking the month off so our house churches, uh, pastors, and the host homes can pause and relax um, and kind of recoup as we kick into the next season. So uh, yeah, I'll just say no house church for the month of July. Um, how you guys doing today? Everyone doing well? Good. Went to I went to a concert last night with with Jay Stoner and we saw Colin Ray and I'm inspired. Like I thought I should wear my boots today and it, it was awesome. Hopefully you're enjoying your summer and hopefully you're getting out and experiencing a lot of the great things that Greeley has to offer. I mean, do you know we live in a great city? Like, there's a lot of cool stuff. Friday night, I don't know how many people at Church Project ended up at the Rio and then going to Tower 56, but it was a great time. So hopefully you're getting out in the community and and just getting to know people and experiencing life here, because we live in a great place. And I think God's given us a great commission, too. Like he said, hey, I'm going to give you a great land called Greeley, and I'm also going to give you a great mission to show up and just introduce people to life and introduce people to me and introduce people to freedom. And as we have been going through the book of Acts, today we're going to look at Acts chapter 15, verses 22 through 35. And we're just slowly moving through this. Um, I, don't, I don't know how many chapters are in the book of Acts, but we're going to be here for a while. Um, but we're just looking at these verses today. And, and I ask, you know, this message, this great commission, is so important. And as we look at this passage, the, the Acts, the book of Acts, is the early church trying to figure it out. Like last week, the passage right before this, was the early church getting together and debating and, and almost fighting over should Gentiles be included in this message that up to this time was really just for Jewish people. And what is it going to look like to mix Gentiles with Jewish customs and how are we going to blend this body together And it was gross and ugly, and they had to debate through things, just like we do too. Like no one says, the Bible isn't clear as to what to do with kids during house church when you have a thousand of them, right? Jared and Shannon, your house church, like a thousand of them. The Bible doesn't say this is what you should do with the kids when all these people come together. There's so many things we're trying to figure out as a church, and and the cool thing is, is none of us have been the church on Monday morning yet, this next Monday, tomorrow. And so we're, it, we're a project, we're trying to figure this out, and, and let's just jump into this passage thinking about that. This church didn't have it together, 
and they're trying to figure out how to mix everyone into this thing called the body of Christ. So uh, if you don't own a Bible, you can raise your hand and Mike or, or Kim will bring you a Bible and it's yours to have or it's on the Bible app. So follow along, Acts chapter 15, verses 22 through 35. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas, called Basabas or something, and Silas, men who were leaders among the believers. With them they sent the following letter, the apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria and Sicilia. Greetings. In verse 24, if we have heard that some went out from us, we have heard, sorry, we have heard that some went out from us without our authorization and, distur- and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. Let's hit pause. Up into verse 27, it's saying, listen, what's happened is there was debate. What is it going to look like for the, for the Gentiles to become part of the Jewish family? And so the churches send these representatives to the, what's called the Jerusalem Council. And at this Jerusalem Council, they decide what we're going to do is we're going to send Paul and Barnabas back. And we're going to send them with Judas and Silas in verse 22 with the letter authorizing them to say what we've decided as the Council of Jerusalem. So... As we get into the letter in verse 28, you'll, you'll need some, you'll need some, you'll, we'll read about some cool things that they say. But I want to point out um, one thing here. In verse 23, it says, With them they sent the, the following letter, and they sent it with somebody. Like, already they're saying, listen, even by, by person, the person that we're sending you this letter with, we're giving them our authority. And this really is important because... As Paul teaches, especially later on in different books and 2 Corinthians and stuff, he says, there's a lot of people that are saying things that I've said that I haven't said. There's letters that are being written that I haven't written. I haven't authorized these things. Be careful to watch out for the authentic word of what God is saying. There's people that are going to deceive you. So why do I say that? Well, do you know that uh, uh, phobia? Phoebia, or what, I don't know how to say her name. She was, she was authorized by Paul to deliver the letter to the Romans, the, the letter of the book of Roman, to the, to the Romans. So, well, everyone's laughing because I, I couldn't say that name. How do you say it? Phoebe? There you go. Hey, I like 12 names in my head. I was like, let's just address it. Jared's like, come on. So she, so Paul actually authorized her to take the most important book in the New Testament to the Romans and said, when she shows up, you pay attention because she's authorized. We'll get over this. We'll keep going. It's okay. Do we need an intermission? Do we need to shake it out? Okay, let's keep going. What does that say? One, um, if you really doubt the authority of women in ministry, why would Paul give this letter to her to deliver the most important book in the New Testament? I'll just, I just say that. I'll just put it right there. Okay? But I want to make that point. But I also want to say, listen, 
they're already in the beginning. They're saying, listen, this is such an important message that what I'm going to do is I'm going to authorize these two people to go out and deliver this letter wherever they're going. And so who do they do along with Paul and Barnabas? They send Judas and Silas along with this letter and says, we authorize this letter to go to the different churches. That's just way cool. Let's move on. Let's get to verse 28 because let's get to the content of the letter. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything. I'm laughing about the name, dude. I'm sorry. It's, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. So the men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. After spending time, some time there, they were sent off by the believers with the blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them. By the way, some manuscripts leave out verse 34. So I don't know if you have verse 34 in your Bible, but I'll just say what some manuscripts say here. It says in verse 34, um, it included Silas that decided to remain there as well. And that's because of verse 40 later on. It talks about Silas showing up in this city. And so it could have been that that Silas went and then Paul sent for him to come back. But that's why it's left out in verse 34 on some manuscripts. And then in verse 35 it says, But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. I, I want to do a couple things today. Church, do you realize how freeing the gospel message is? It, like, it's so super freeing. God designed it to be freeing. And humans keep fighting to complicate it. It's just what happens. But from the beginning, God designed it to be super freeing. Today, I, I've kind of designed this message. I've selected certain logos, if you, word, uh, if you would, which are words. I've, I've selected certain words to highlight in this passage. But what you're going to get, I think, more with these words is you're going to get the ethos and you're going to get the pathos. You're going to get the spirit and the credibility of this passage as we look at it. So we're really going to take a big picture approach to this passage. Uh, as I was looking at it, I got really encouraged looking at these verses together, and I think you will as well. So zoom out and look at the collection of all these verses together, and I want to point out a, f a few things. One, and, and, we're, and we'll start in verse 28, okay? In verse 28, it says, it seemed good. And, and we've talked about this before, but here's the professionals, and it seemed good to them and the Holy Spirit. Like, it didn't say, this is what you do, this is what you do. Like, they had to figure out how to do it, just like we have to figure out how to do it. But it, we're not on our own, which is the cool thing. Like, we're also given the Holy Spirit to help us figure out how to be the church in 2018 and 2019. And the apostles and the people, it seemed good. Now, remember, this is a letter written to the Gentiles, telling them how to mix together and be one family. What's the opposite of it seemed good? I mean, it could have been, the letter could have started out something like a harsh commandment falling from on high, the people that had authority. I mean, letting God do his thing and build his church is super important. 
I mean, they, they could have started out with, the sword, uh, with authority and said, do this. And they said, it seemed good that this is what God wants for his church. Already the letter is starting out with freedom, right? Love it. And then let's keep going. The second thing I want to point out is it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burn you with anything from the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of the strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. Thank you. I'm having problems today. And the next thing I want to point out in this freedom like that, that we're getting out of this are the next few words. It says, you will do well. It says, you will do well to avoid these things. And when I think of you will do well, what's the opposite approach that they could have taken? Almost similar to it seemed well to us. I mean, they could have said, do not do this. Do not do this. And then they, what they begin to do already in this, in this freedom message is they begin to, begin to take a simple thing like what happened in the Old Testament. Oh, hero Israel, there's one God and serve him and love him. And they go, okay, good, but what does that look like? And then they write, you know, this Mishnah of 200 laws and rules they have to follow to do something that was really, 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 really simple. And so we hear it seemed good and the freedom keeps coming from, from and I'm, th- I'm so thankful for what happened at the Jewish, Jewish Jerusalem Council because this freedom message is coming about. says, you will do well to avoid. It's not saying you must, you have to, don't do it. It says you will do well to avoid. Do you get that? Like I'm getting the spirit of this. Let's move on. Verse 30, so the men were sent off and went down to Antioch where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. Uh, of course, I had to stop and underline, gathered the church together. What is the church? We've been talking about this for a while, and, and specifically the last six months, I've really been saying one of the greatest enemies of the church is the way we think of ourselves. The way we define who we are will determine what we do in the future. If we say we're a people that are about law, guess what? That's what we're going to be in the future. If we say we're a people about grace and love and the Holy Spirit, that's what we're going to be in the future. And so when I'm, when I'm thinking about the church, I came across a couple quotes this week that I absolutely love in regard to the church and specifically with this passage. One is, 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 is a uh, very smart guy called Mike, Mike Breen. And I don't know if you've read any of his stuff. He writes about church stuff all the time. And this is what he says. He says, if we set out to build a church... We don't always get disciples. If we set out to make disciples, we always get a church. And I say, amen. The point isn't church project. Maybe we have the wrong name. Maybe it should be disciple project. Right? Like if we set out to make disciples, a church is going to come about. But it's not guaranteed the other way. And I came across another quote from this group in Pennsylvania called the L24 Collective. And this is what they say. They said, the church is the byproduct of discipleship. True discipleship always happens through relationship. And these relationships form a spiritual family. The spiritual family that results is called the church. From the beginning, it's been about relationships. And somewhere along our history, a lot of us have had this word church hijacked to think it's a place we go to. It's not a people we are. 
And it's not about relationships. Well, zoom back out to our passage. Like, they're writing a letter, the authoritative letter to the church at large, saying how to do church together. And it seemed good to them. And you will do well if you follow these things. And then they gathered the church together to be delivered this letter. It's a people It's a movement. It's people doing life together. And let's go on in verse 31. The people read it and were glad for its, what does your Bible say? For its encouraging message. I go, amen for its encouraging message. Because it could have been something completely different. Don't do this. We demand you to do this. And woe is you. That could have been the message they sent. I'm so glad that the message came from here. If you sit and live with Scripture long enough, you will realize that it speaks to the deepest longing of the soul. And what do I mean by that? It blasts away our depravity and our lusts and our desire if you're willing to sit with Scripture long enough. It draws us into peace and calm And it soothes, it guides, and it encourages if you sit with Scripture long enough. And if you follow Jesus long enough, you're going to realize that the bottle actually was really empty. And and the affairs and the sins and the lusts and the desires of our life are actually really empty. They're counterfeits trying to soothe us. We go to these quick little fixes that long, if you sit with them long enough, and if you sit with Jesus and Scripture long enough, you realize there's only one thing that's going to soothe us. It's God and, and His Word. And it's an encouraging message. I don't know how many people that, that I've come across, and myself included, where they were at the bottom, and they were done, and they were over. And then Jesus enters into their life and gives them hope and meaning. And you watch that person turn around. You watch that marriage saved. You watch that addiction be destroyed. I mean, you watch things being rebuilt. And that's an encouraging message for all of us. We were once bound to sin and bound to hell because of our actions. And Jesus comes and dies on the cross for us and gives us freedom. And all of God's people says, amen. What an encouraging message. And by the way, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Church, if you're not in scripture, shame on you, period, shame on you. Get in Scripture. Download the Bible app. Open a thousand versions that you have at your house. There's people that would love to have Bibles sitting at their house. Let's get busy with Scripture because it is God-breathed, and this is the only thing that's going to encourage us. Not the Broncos because they might stink this year. The Cowboys, though, they're pretty encouraging. Right, Carl? Woo-woo! Wherever you are. Yeah, amen. Cowboys. By the way, Because this is such an encouraging message, don't judge other people for where they're at. Don't give up. Don't give up. Doesn't matter if they repeat that sin and they harm you again and again and again. Don't give up on them. 
Now, you may, on this side of heaven, may have to get boundaries, and you may have to do things for protection and love. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying be complete vulnerable people that you get walked over all the time, but I am saying this, don't give up on them. If there's someone you can think of right now that have hurt you so bad and you want nothing to do with them, here's how you not give up on them. Pray for them. Until you die if you have to. Like, it is a message of encouragement. And just think about what this letter could have been to these people. The opposite of that. Thank God that we're recipients of this letter, right? I mean, church, we're a wonderful people with a wonderful message, an encouraging message. And so, in your art, make it the best art that you've ever done. When you write books, Sarah, when you write books, it's coming, girl. Come on, start writing. Make it really good. And our music, like, hey, all scriptures God breathed, but all earth is God breathed as well. And so in music, you can find God. In art, you can find God. In books, in, in food, in drinks, in people, in good thinking and reasoning, you can find God. So be good thinkers and be good reasoners. And do whatever you do, do it well. And not only that, like be creative and lead and inspire and demand more and demand better and innovate. Like, that's how we lead the world. We lead it with love and admire other people's crafts. C-R-A-F-T-S. That's hard to say. Crafts. Admire the crafts. Let's stop. I was on the East Coast, and I saw old architecture, and I just had to stop and go, we've missed something in Colorado. I just thought about the men and women that built that and had a craft. Guess what? We are all called to have a craft. Why? Whatever we do, God says do it and do it to the best of your ability. So whatever you're doing today and tomorrow, do it better than anyone on your block. Be the innovators and leaders because that's what God's called us to do. We have an encouraging message and we are encouraged ourselves because God has forgiven us. So go do it. Amen. That's really good. Man, that's good. <laughs> Woo-woo. We're going. Come on. Um, we better go on. Verse 32, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much. Oh, I had to stop. Said much. Like, what, what did Judas and Silas do? They said much. Why? Because it said they themselves were prophets. And so what does it say about them? It says they were living. Like, they were sold out. They lived in that moment. Why? Because God designed them to be prophets. And so what do they do? They're doing what God designed them to do. They lived. Not living would be to tuck down in their gifts and not say much. God sent them to be who they were in that place. You notice it wasn't Paul that said much. Who was it? And you see the diversity of the church, just like today. Man, I'm seeing the diversity of the church. Think about all the places and spaces we go throughout this week. Church, say much when you go to those places. Do much when you go to those places. And the question is, are you living? Are you living what God's called you out to do? If he's called you to be a mom, then be the best mom you can ever be. If he's called you to rope and wrangle and weld, then Jared, do it and do it well, dude. <laughs> you know? I mean, let's, let's do this thing. Ver, let's move on here, because I'm going to get stuck. Let's get out of the weeds a little. Um, we go to verse 33. 
After spending some time there, they were sent off by the believers with the blessing of peace and returned to those who had sent them. I really had to pause on the blessing of peace. And as we're looking at this whole thing from a high level, as like a message of encouragement, the blessing of peace, this is what I say, uh-huh, more please. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh, I want that. Yes, please. Psalms 29, verse 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Peace be to you. I give to you the blessing of peace. Uh huh. I want more of that. And here's what I would say as a church. Practice blessing others, others, other people, other places, other spaces with the blessing of peace this week. Think about it. If we've been given peace and God's given us a blessing of peace, that means you can walk into a space of chaos and bless it with peace. That means you can sit with someone over coffee that their life is in ruin and they don't know what to do and you can give them what? A blessing of peace. Peace I give to you and peace I send you out. Go make disciples. Church, this is a big deal. Think about this this week and I know you're not going to be able to escape it this week. One, are you finding peace in God? Are you spending time with him every day and finding that inner peace? And two, when you go to the chaotic places, are you, do you believe in this, in this uh, gospel message enough to speak peace over that area and over that situation and over that person? Like a blessing of peace. You want more of that? Mm-hmm, I do. Yes, please. Give me more of that. Let's go to my last little point, and then I'll summarize here. Um, but Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the world over. Again, Silas may have remained there as well. We're not really certain, but all we know is Paul and Barnabas remained there. And why did I write that down? That, yeah, here's the deal. The deal with authentic community, being part of an authentic community of people that are encouraging and believers is that they demand more of you. And you'll be drawn to want more of them. You'll invite and you'll be invited, which sounds like a family to me. It sounds like you belong. Right? So look to the person next to you. And Trina, you're going to have to stretch. And Oh, there you go. Why don't you shake their hand? You can't hold hands and then, you know, that don't work. No, shake hands. Say you belong. You're part of the family. The deal with authentic community of encouraging believers is that they demand more of you and you demand more of them. And you'll invite, and you'll be invited, and you'll end up at Rio on Friday night, and you'll end up at their house on Saturday morning, and you'll encourage each other. Whether we are doing this is completely up to you. If you find yourself isolated, and the only time you're part of church project is on Sunday morning, one, we're super pumped you're here, but two, we also want to see you on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. We're a community of people that love God, and we're trying to figure this out. And so I think that's pretty good. 
The person you just shook their hand, why don't you ask them to lunch today? And then ask them to pay. It's family, man. She's going to pay. You're done either way, man. (laughs) So church, we love living out life together with you. We want to do it more. Let's continue to pray for our community, for each other. Let's, Let's pray blessing over and peace over our community and everywhere that we go this week. Amen. This is a good message. As we look at it, look at this, just to summarize, I mean, look at this freedom message. It seemed good to us. And you will do well to follow some things in Scripture. You'll do well to align your life with the things that Scripture teaches. You'll do well in that. And they gathered the church together. They had an encouraging message. And they said much out of their giftings. And they had a, a blessing of peace. And they remained in Antioch, being the church and in being in relationship. Man, God, I pray today, I pray that this would be us. Like this, this, would, this would describe us. This would describe our life. This would describe church project. That we wouldn't be about a message of the opposite of this. No, we would be about this freedom message. God, I pray for our lives that we would not fake like we're free, but we would not be content until we're diving down deep and get lost in your love and you just give us that freedom. So God, I I pray for anyone in this room that um, they would say they're not a, a follower of Christ. God, would you pursue them so hard that they can't even leave this room today without asking and and surrendering their life to you? Pursue all of us, God. And I pray that we would be people that pray blessings of peace over every space and place that we go, over every relationship that we're in, even over strangers. May we be bold enough to say, you know what, I just pray peace over you. May we be your agents of love, wherever we go this week. God, thank you for this absolute, loving, gospel, good news message. That we are the recipients of this, that's crazy, God. Thank you. That's just crazy. Church, why don't we sit, sit in just a few moments of silence and reflect, reflect on who God is, And who we are. Maybe God's asking something specific of you. Something to change in your life. Maybe he wants to encourage you with something. Maybe he's saying that thing that you're holding on to. That stress. That worry. Give it to me. You don't need to carry that. And so why don't you just commune? Why don't you just abide? Why don't you just sit? Why don't you just talk? Why don't don't you just sit with God for a few moments? And then in a little bit, Weston is going to come up and just lead us through a sacraments, a communion, and we can continue to worship through that.